Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jay Rich. This is Straight to the Bank, your favorite podcast on Fridays, and I have a banger episode for you today. I'm going to be talking through fantasy football rankings from the sportsbook perspective. I did this show, I believe, two weeks ago, only talking quarterbacks, but this time I can finally do the show that I wanted to, talking every single position. We got running back numbers. We got wide receiver numbers. We even got tight end numbers. So I will dive into all of that, talking about some undervalued players, some players you should maybe be selling or holding, and guys who are extremely high in some of these projection systems because they have secure workloads, are going to be on the field, and probably going to be great for fantasy. Let's dive into all of this information right now. So let's kick this thing off with the quarterback because, of course, the quarterback, most important position in all of football. There should be no surprises here with the rankings. Number one, Josh Allen up against the Miami Dolphins. We expect a full-blown shootout this week in Buffalo, but we do have at number two, Jalen Hurts, followed by Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert to round out the top five. Now, don't worry. Don't worry. Two is still at six. 283 and a half passing yards projected for a little over one and a half touchdowns, a little over half a pick. Nothing really on the ground is really what holds him back. You look at the top four quarterbacks, Josh Allen, 35 rush yards, Jalen Hurts, 43 rush yards, Patrick Holmes, even still 17 rush yards, and then 49 for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has a slightly lower passing projection, yes, of course, because he is facing Cleveland, but the books still believe he's in a great spot to score a ton of fantasy points. Now, of course, when you're looking at any time touchdown, Jalen Hurts is by far number one, 0.87 projected touchdowns right now, and then you have Josh Allen at 0.65 and Lamar Jackson at 0.68. There is a few quarterbacks that we don't have available to us right now, one of them, of course, being Jameis Winston. I believe the Monday Night Football games are not here. And then Anthony Richardson is the other one. Of course, he would have a massive projection for his touchdowns as well. He usually falls around the 0.65 to 0.7 range right now. He's been pretty good. We've been surprisingly, like I've talked about, in line with a Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And then, of course, you guy you'd think would be a little bit higher, Justin Fields. No anytime 
touchdown for him. DK is refusing to put out touchdown lines for Denver and Chicago right now. I mean, after Denver allowed 70 points, how could you? How could you feel confident in any lines you put out? So that is your top five. No real surprises, honestly, for the quarterbacks. Tua, as I mentioned, at six. Deshaun Watson at seven. Kirk Cousins, eight. Trevor Lawrence, nine. Surprisingly, but he does have Atlanta. So we'll see how that defense ultimately fares. Jordan Love is at 10. We'll see how he plays tonight. Dak Prescott at 11. Daniel Jones at 12. Daniel Jones, a quarterback who has struggled, but still in the top 12. Still definitely in contention for a big week up against Seattle. Make sure you read Gene's article on the website available now because he does talk about Daniel Jones and what could be a bounce back performance for him against the Seahawks. Now, unfortunately, not projected to throw Two touchdowns right now. He is slightly projected to go under, but the picks look to be pretty good. One of the better quarterbacks in terms of projecting interceptions. And of course, 34 rushing yards on the ground. And that's with no projected touchdown right now with them playing a little bit later in the week. So you look at Jones and he does look to be pretty good. And then as well, Geno Smith, not too bad either. Middling QB2. Brock Purdy at QB2, and not really much of a surprise, but CJ Stroud, QB13, up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very difficult matchup, but definitely I would still start him pretty confidently as a QB2, one of the higher passing yard projections at 249 right now, so pretty heavy juice to the over for him, and then just under one and a half passing touchdowns, but fairly close, but higher than Daniel Jones. You know, you look in the QB2 range, a quarterback I haven't mentioned yet, Joe Burrow down all the way at QB16, Jared Goff QB17, Matthew Stafford, oh no, down at QB19, Russ QB 20. So if you thought Russ was going to bounce back against the Chicago Bears, uh, you might want to hold your breath because it may not be coming this week for old Russell Wilson. But as I mentioned, no touchdown for him right now. So he could be definitely a few points higher simply with even point two of a touchdown. And we all kind of expect that to be right around there. You know, you look at Kenny Pickett, 0.22, Brock Purdy, 0.24. So he'd probably fall somewhere in that range. Desmond Murder, of course, down near the bottom. Josh Dobbs at the bottom. Ryan Tannehill way down there. And Zach Wilson, 10.90 fantasy points. And just for perspective, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, your top five quarterbacks per DraftKings right now are projected all over 20 fantasy points. They are the only quarterbacks projected over 20 fantasy points. And Zach Wilson down all the way at 10.9. My goodness, three quarterbacks projected for twice as many points as Zach Wilson. I don't know how the Jets start him. I don't know why they start him, but they do. So another quarterback who is definitely way down there in the ranks right now at QB 25 is Mac Jones. Very, very low passing yard number for him. Now he is against the Dallas Cowboys, and that will definitely matter. Only 217 passing yards. Pretty heavy juice to the under for the touchdowns. Nothing really crazy in terms of rankings here. I mean, it's pretty safe. It's not too different. You know, I remember when I did the show before, we were highlighting the Detroit versus Seattle game in Detroit, and I said it could be a shootout, and DraftKings was definitely all over that. I believe they had Goff and Geno Smith in their top eight quarterbacks, and both those quarterbacks were phenomenal in that week. So I wanted to highlight the quarterbacks for you, but I'm definitely more interested to look at the running backs and the wide receivers. Not a whole lot of anomalies here, though. You know, Dak Prescott against the New England defense looks pretty good. Like I mentioned, Daniel Jones looks pretty good. CJ Stroud looks solid. Geno Smith against the Giants defense, pretty surprised to not see his number a little bit higher. He doesn't have a touchdown either, so him and Daniel Jones could definitely be a little bit higher in the rankings. And then, as I mentioned, Kenny Pickett up against Houston. 
Not a great projection, but the matchup could be all right. We have seen Pickett struggle. And then Stafford, definitely hoping for a higher number for him this week because I know that Puka Nakua is pretty high in the rankings. But that's pretty much it for the quarterbacks. I'll be pretty quick through here. Maybe go a little bit more in-depth with the running backs and the wide receivers. But as far as quarterbacks, this is how we're looking right now. And I think there aren't really a ton of surprises other than maybe Tua. I think people probably expected Tua to fall a little bit higher. But I mean, he takes out one of the highest passing projections on the slate only behind Justin Herbert. And of course, touchdowns can always be there for Tua. So not a crazy number for Tua. Probably could be a little bit higher, but I understand why he's at six. You know, you look at Allen, you look at Hurts, Mahomes, Lamar, like they all are in good spots this week, especially when you talk about Allen on the other side of that game with a lofty total, should see a ton of points. I think it makes sense. And I think this is kind of where we're at. The big concerning guy really is Joe Burrow, you know, 271 yards, 1.58 touchdowns, potentially a pick, but no rushing upside, very little touchdown upside as well. That's kind of what's keeping him down the ranks. And this is very slight. You know, the differences between these guys are so small. And when you have no rushing upside and very little anytime touchdown upside, that's definitely going to be a problem. So Burrow could end up being kind of a back-end QB1 unless he goes ballistic, which based on what we've seen... I don't think we can project right now. And then, as I mentioned, Justin Fields, not much of a bounce back against Denver. Now, he is projected for 60 rushing yards, and he'd get vaulted up quite a bit with probably over half a touchdown. He'd probably fall somewhere around QB 12 or so, but definitely expected to see him a little bit higher based off what we're seeing right now. He's down pretty far with the rushing. Again, minimal passing for Fields, projected as one of the only quarterbacks who is barely over half a touchdown. We'll see what happens with Fields, but hopefully he can bounce back, and we'll see if he can maybe get in the end zone because that's kind of the big thing for him right now is if he's not getting in the end zone, then he's probably not going to be doing too well for us for fantasy, and that's really what we need from him. So hopefully he can get it right because a 60-yard rushing projection is the highest on this slate, so they expect him to run, and I think he's going to have success doing so. But can he ultimately score fantasy points? That's the number one question for us right now in fantasy, and I think everyone's wondering if he can get it done and get right up against this god-awful Denver defense. Now let's start with the running backs, where there will be a few surprises, but not so much at the top. Christian McCaffrey is, of course, number one in the rankings. Surprise, surprise. Christian McCaffrey is pretty good at football, and playing against the Arizona Cardinals should definitely have his way. And he is number one in the ranks by a decent margin, and that's without any reception number for him right now. So I don't even have his receptions, which would probably be at at least three and a half, maybe even higher than that. And so he would be like by far and away. He's the only running back over 20 fantasy points. He would be up with the quarterbacks, honestly. You give him three and a half receptions, I mean, that's 23 points. As I mentioned, Josh Allen was, I believe, at 23 and a half, 24. So he is looking to be in a great spot right now. And to be honest, the crazy part is one and a half touchdowns is his projection, people. One and a half touchdowns. Do you understand how crazy that is? Like, I've tracked this for a few weeks now, and it's by far the highest number I've ever seen. I understand Arizona's terrible, but this is by far the highest. One and a half touchdowns is insane. And that's me just taking the odds for him to score a touchdown and two touchdowns and putting them together, and basically, that's your projection. And they're saying that Christian McCaffrey has a pretty damn good shot at scoring one and a half touchdowns, and so that's pretty wild. But honestly, I mean, that is that is insane. Like, one and a half for a projection, this number is wild. But only running back over 20 fantasy points. The next four in order are Tony Pollard, B. John Robinson, 
Kyron Williams. Yes, I said that right. Kyron Williams, Travis Etienne at RB5, and Zach Moss at RB6. And I know what you're thinking. That is insane. Like, that is wild. But when you really look at these guys' numbers, right? Kyron Williams, let's start with him at RB4. 58.2 rushing yards, 4.05 receptions, 26 receiving yards, and 0.87 for his touchdown projection. He has the same odds to score touchdown as ETN, higher than that of Bijan Robinson, very similar to that of Zach Moss, and higher than a lot of the running backs even behind him. Name a guy. Alexander Madison has a pretty good projection for a touchdown. Miles Sanders, James Cook, Joe Mixon. Raheem Mostert's touchdown projection is very high at 0.95. He would be a little bit higher in the rankings as well if I had his receptions. But you look at these guys, Kyron Williams, Zach Moss, going to be on the field. And this is the biggest thing when people are saying, how can Kyron Williams be so high in ranks? How can Zach Moss be so high in these rankings? Because these guys are going to produce. And I think it's so easy to say, how and why should we believe in these guys when literally a sports book is telling you this running back projects out as our RB4, Kyron Williams, our RB6, Zach Moss. And you're like, Man, I don't know if I can trust him. I don't know if I can put him in the lineup. I don't know. Should I trade for that guy? I don't feel too comfortable about it. Like, if you're not willing to give up a third for a running back that is projected in the top six on any given week, you're insane. You're insane. And of course, things can go wrong and things can happen. But we've seen these guys get a ton of opportunity, play a ton of snaps. And while... I understand that it's not the easiest decision to make. If you're looking for spot starts, this is a very simple way to identify who you should be trading for in your spot starts. They still like Alexander Madison. He's at RB11. They still really like James Cook, even against the Miami defense. Miles Sanders is up there, again, because he's probably going to see a ton of opportunity up against the Vikings defense that hasn't been too great against the run this season. Joe Mixon. Interesting number here for Mixon. So let's talk about it. He's RB8, actually right behind Derrick Henry. They still have a pretty high projection for Henry. Again, partially driven by the touchdown, but 69.53 yards, 1.68 receptions, 11 receiving yards. But let's talk about Mixon. Up against a phenomenal Tennessee Titans defense. 55 rushing yards, 3.26 receptions, which is one of the higher numbers of all the running backs this week, and then 20 receiving yards. And then, of course, still a pretty good chance of a touchdown at 0.74. And so you look at this, and you're like, how the hell is a Jameer Gibbs not higher, a Raheem Mostert not higher, a Damian Pierce potentially not higher, Dave Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, who we need to get some more lines for right now because we don't have receiving numbers for him. But as we know, he's been a primary rusher. So why are we expecting DeAndre Swift to produce at this extremely high level when all he's really doing right now is running the ball? And he's been very effective, but it doesn't mean he's going to do it every single week. And so you have these backs. I mean, name a guy. Derrick Henry, who can catch passes, but has been very ineffective at times. Miles Sanders has been involved in the receiving game. Zach Moss, Kevin Williams, Travis Etienne. Another guy, 3.26 receptions right now. 19 receiving yards is a very solid number. Bijan Robinson, 68 rushing yards, 3.92 receptions. So a heavy projection on the over three and a half receptions for Bijan Robinson and 27 receiving yards. There's a ton to like with these guys, but 
the key takeaway here is don't just sell Kyron and Zach Moss if you actually need those fantasy points. Because if you actually need those fantasy points, you should be either keeping them or trading for them if you need them. And you should feel very comfortable to do that because if we're trading thirds for spot starts, we're trading fourths for spot starts, like these two guys are literally some of the best spot starts you could possibly buy. Zach Moss against the Rams defense should be more than fine. And of course, conversely, Kyron Williams on the other side should be fine against this indie defense. Like the projections for both these guys look phenomenal and both have a great shot to score. And then as well, even Alexander Madison, the books aren't so worried about Cam Akers. Everyone is worried about Cam Akers. How is he going to factor in? How is he going to work into the offense? He still has a great shot of the touchdown. 50 yards or so. If you're starting Alexander Madison, you shouldn't expect much more than that anyways. James Conner, another running back that no one wants to own, but is RB14. Rashad White, who everyone says stinks and is cooked up against this New Orleans defense that is great, but he does have a solid receiving floor, a receiving floor that is very comparable to Ramondre Stevenson. And Ramondre Stevenson is still a running back you're starting every single week. But I feel like there's a very different opinion when you look at Ramondre Stevenson and Rashad White. Are they bell cow running backs right now? No, but they're both projected for right around 54 yards, 3.3 or so receptions, and 18 receiving yards and half a touchdown. What more do you want? And I think the good thing about looking at something like this, it takes the bias out of it. It takes the player names out of it. It takes the, well, what about this guy or that guy and the efficiency or whatever, like, there is so much more data than people are looking at when they're just making these random rankings and using their own biases. Like you look at something like this and you say, there's no difference between Madison, Ramondre, Rashad White, James Conner, Aaron Jones to some degree because he's limited right now, Damian Pierce, Pacheco. It literally all comes down to is how do things break for these players and you can tear them all together and really just say there's not a whole diff lot of difference. There really isn't. There's not a big difference. Jerome Ford is another player who we're waiting for reception numbers for, but he's probably, you know, in that same tier, in that same area, right around 50 rushing yards and 12.75 receiving yards, but a pretty good shot at a touchdown. And so you look at these guys right now and you compare them to a Brees Hall, RB 28, woof, behind Tajay Spears right now, behind Tyler Algier, because you can't project any receiving upside for Brees Hall. We don't know how much can going to be used in the receiving game, right? That's a big question mark. Kenneth Walker is someone who's a little far down the rankings, but I don't have a touchdown number for him right now. If I do put in a touchdown number, let's actually just put him in for, let's say 0.8, because 0.8 is a pretty solid number, and I feel like that would bump him up, but it doesn't put him anywhere crazy. Let's see where he ultimately falls up. Kenneth Walker... Still RB18 against this Giants defense. So, you know, you give him a pretty solid touchdown number. And he's not, like, super high. He's kind of in the same tier where you have a Connor, you have a White, you have a Gibbs, Aaron Jones, Pierce, maybe Madison. It just comes down to what does he get in the receiving game? Only 11.85 yards projected for him right now. So we'll have to see how that ultimately shakes out. But Kenneth Walker is a player that, you know, everyone has very high in their rankings. But... I know I hate to say it because no one likes to hear it, but I don't know if he's making that much of a difference. He's still not overly efficient. He gets a ton of volume, which is great, but I don't think we should be treating him as this elite fantasy asset. He's just a young running back who's got some juice, who gets a decent amount of work. And to be fair to him, 
he does have a pretty high rushing floor because when you actually look at his rushing yards expected right now, he is, in terms of rankings, maybe in the top 10 or so. I think he's in the top eight. You got Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, Travis Etienne, Derrick Henry, Bijan Robinson, Zach Moss, DeAndre Swift, and then Kenneth Walker in terms of their rushing yard projection right now. So he's, you know, right around the top eight or so. Not terrible, not bad, but when you're in between Zach Moss and Kenneth Walker, you don't have the greatest matchup. And to be fair to him, I think the Giants' defense on the ground is a little bit better than it is through the air. I'd much rather attack them through the air. I think that Geno could have a great game through the air, but we'll see what happens with Seattle. They do have to travel to New York. So that should be an interesting contest for those guys. But when I'm looking at these numbers, Kenneth Walker is a player who is surprisingly low and in more of the... I like to start him, but I don't love to start him. It's not a phenomenal matchup, and he is surprisingly pretty far behind a Zach Moss, a Kyron Williams, even a James Cook, who people would probably prefer, but they do have a decent receiving floor as well, and we've seen that over the past few weeks. You go a bit further down, I mean, Zeke is down there, Roshan, not expecting a lot from him. There's a few running backs who just aren't available right now. We don't have any numbers for them. Javante. Oh, Javante. Javante, Javante, Javante. No touchdown number for him. Let's give him a touchdown number and see where he lands out. Let's give him 0.65 because he's not getting a ton of touchdowns right now. He's not getting a touchdown opportunities. And again, kind of in that same breath. 54 rushing yards, 2.3 receptions, 13 receiving yards. It's just, it's fine. It's fine. You know, people want it to be, oh, well, look at what Miami did to Chicago last week. And... The books are kind of like, yeah, he could, he could, but we're not, we're not viewing this as a very high floor play right now. And that's kind of a big problem. Najee Harris is another one. We don't have receiving numbers for him, but he's not doing a whole lot through the air anyways. So you look at his numbers and you're like, eh, I don't know, man. He's like in the twenties right now, 23 at running back, hanging out with AJ Dillon. He does need some receiving numbers, but he's not getting a lot. So I'm not really expecting a ton there. Jet McKinnon, Roshan, Khalil Herbert, not much from those guys. But I think when you look at a Kyron, a Zach Moss, they stand out. James Cook in the top 10. I think that's just to be expected because of the matchup against the Miami Dolphins. He's going to catch passes, expect a high-scoring game, so it makes sense there. I think people are kind of surprised to see Rashad White up against New Orleans with a pretty solid projection. James Conner, of course, continues to roll on every single week. And then Damian Pierce, I think, is another one who the books think you can trust a bit against Pittsburgh. Again, a very high opportunity for a touchdown. If anyone's going to score a touchdown, it's going to be him, at which point he's probably fine for fantasy. Receiving is going to be tough. He hasn't been getting a ton in the, through the air. And his projection for yards right now on the ground, only 48.93. So that's not too great. But, I mean, Damian Pierce has been a little bit disappointing, so not expecting a ton from him anyways. Those are the major takeaways from the running backs. I think Kyron Williams, Zach Moss, they are holds or buys. And then I think as well, Rashad White is another one. Everyone talks about how inefficient he is. He continues to get projected well every single week. And Zach Moss last week was like RB7 in DK's projections. And we know that he performed at a very high level. So there is some value to this. They did a pretty good job. And so I wanted to highlight some of these guys because I do think it is valuable. And I think that people could learn a lot from it if they really did take the time to dive into the data. All right, so let's dive into the wide receivers where I will try to touch on a decent amount. I will definitely, you know, go through the tiers and kind of what I expect and a few different things. But I won't talk about every player 
because I have, it looks like, 72 receivers that I have projections for. You know, at least partial projections. There's, I think, how many receivers? At least 30 that have a full-blown receptions, yards, touchdown projection right now, which is great. So it has a lot for us to talk about. There is some players who do have the full gambit, but have pretty low projections. And so we will touch on those guys. But overall, this is what we're looking at for the wide receiver position for this week. Number one, surprise, surprise, Justin Jefferson. I mean, do I really need to say anything else about Justin Jefferson? He's he's good. Like he's he's pretty good at football. At least that's what I heard. And we'll just leave it at that. Jets is number one. Tyree Kill number two. Keenan Allen, the only wide receiver left in LA. At number three, Stephon Diggs at number four, Jamar Chase, number five, resurgence. But up against Tennessee this week, y'all know I will be all over that matchup. And I do think it's pretty good for T. Higgins as well. He's all the way down at wide receiver 16. Amara St. Brown is at wide receiver six. Puka Nakua. The books are in on Puka Nakua. My goodness. Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. Ahead of C.D. Lamb, ladies and gentlemen. Ahead of A.J. Brown. Head of Chris Olave, head of Calvin Ridley, head of Michael Pittman. Damn. 6.44 receptions, 74.68 yards, 0.67 touchdowns. It's pretty good. Similar touchdown numbers to Chase, Umra, CD, AJ Brown, Olave, not quite. He's a little bit lower. Ridley, Pittman, very solid. Puka looks great this week. So does his running mate, Tutu Atwell. He's in the top 24 as well. As I mentioned, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Chris Olave, Calvin Ridley, Michael Pittman, who no one refuses to acknowledge the greatness that he has been. Shane wrote about Michael Pittman either this week or last week in his column following the volume on DestinationDevy.com and talking about how great Michael Pittman has been this season. I believe he's one of three players who has had double-digit targets in every game this season, and Michael Pittman will probably do it again this week against the Rams. Where there's Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson, who we fully expect to be back. Pittman will get the ball. They have found so many ways creatively to get Pittman the ball. He deserves to be a top 12 wide receiver and is definitely a buy candidate right now in Dynasty. If he's not being praised as a top 24 wide receiver to anybody in any of your leagues, you should be buying him up because he is consistently in the top 12, top 18 in rankings almost every single week because his volume and his production has been so consistent this season. Jalen Waddle is at wide receiver 13. He is coming back. He's already concluded concussion protocol. So he'll be back in our high-flying shootout. Him and Tyree Kill, once again, no surprise, both in the top 15. Amari Cooper at 14 up against the Baltimore defense. I do like the matchup. I think it could be a good one. Cooper has been great to start the year. Smitty Devontae Smith, Eagles wide receiver up against Washington. He is at wide receiver 15. T. Higgins, as I mentioned, 16. Mike Evans. Mm, 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 Mike Evans. I hope y'all tune into the Wake Up Show because we will be talking about one Mike Evans. Gene had him as a sit candidate this week because he is up against the man, the myth, the dog. Marshawn Lattimore, a player that he gets into so much trouble with. Marshawn Lattimore is just in this guy's head. He just is in Mike Evans' head. They always go to bat. They always push each other. They always talk all game long. And Marshawn understands the assignment. And he gets up in Mike Evans' face. And it's one of the best matchups to watch in the NFL. I absolutely love to watch when Mike Evans goes up against Marshawn Lattimore. Again, DK still has him as a pretty solid number. 
4.73 receptions, 60 yards, half a touchdown, which is pretty low for a player like Mike Evans, but up against the Saints, definitely makes a lot of sense. Not saying you have to sit him, but it is interesting because he's had some very poor performances against the Saints, and more in particular, up against Marshawn Lattimore. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver 18. No, thank you. Do not want to be playing Garrett Wilson this week. We already talked about Zach Wilson, and that was projected for only 10 fantasy points. I mean, hopefully they can go to Garrett Wilson, but definitely concerning to see him all the way down to wide receiver 18. But no one's really shocked by the fact he's down here. I think we're more so shocked that the books think he can get almost five receptions and 57 yards because that's probably not going to happen. And then, of course, a little under half a touchdown for Garrett Wilson. Chris Godwin, another player who projects out a little bit better than Mike Evans does in terms of his yards and receptions, but it's the touchdowns that heavily favor Mike Evans. His touchdown number is almost double what it is for Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin has really struggled to find the end zone this season, and I don't think that's going to change this week up against a phenomenal Saints defense. He's basically the only player in the top 30, no, even further than that. Yeah, basically the only player in the top 30 with a touchdown projection under 0.4. His is at 0.35. So definitely upside concerns when we're talking Chris Godwin this week up against the Saints defense. Christian Kirk, wide receiver 20. Michael Thomas, wide receiver 21. Kind of surprised to see him this high, but nearly five receptions. Pretty good for Michael Thomas and 55 yards. So he's been seeing volume, seeing targets. Should be fine, especially with Jameis Winston at the helm. Definitely like Misa Michael Thomas. Should have a pretty safe floor. Maybe a bit of a low ceiling for us this week. Adam Thielen, who went off. I think his number's a little low. Revenge game, Adam Thielen? Sign me up for that. Oh, yeah. Bryce Young is probably going to start. I mean, Airhorn? Like, come on, man. Just, I get Bryce Young needs to develop, but Thielen was just so good for fantasy last week. Just, I want more Andy Dalton. He was great with Thielen. But Thielen projects out very well. As I mentioned, Tutu Atwell, start him again. Has a great projection. Should be more than fine. Terry McLaurin against Philly. Wide receiver 25. He actually has some great numbers against Philly over the years. So we'll see how he plays him. But Terry McLaurin against Philly. Just outside of wide receiver 2 range. Nico Collins up against Pittsburgh. Not great numbers for him. Pretty low in terms of receptions. 3.85. 53 yards though. So not too bad. And a pretty good shot at a touchdown. But CJ Stroud will definitely have his hands full this week. Up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Christian Watson, wide receiver 27. Gabe Davis, 28. Brandon Cooks, 29. Jordan Addison at wide receiver 30. Tank Dell, surprisingly, in the top 36. Wide receiver 31. Marquise Brown, 32. Cortland Sutton, 33. Elijah Moore, 34. Surprised not see him a little bit higher. He's been getting a ton of targets. Jerry Judy, 35. And Tyler Boyd, 36. Not a whole lot to talk about here. I think seeing Addison and Dell pretty close range is surprising, especially when you consider the fact that Tank Dell has a higher reception and yardage projection than Addison, but Addison has the much higher percentage of getting a touchdown, and that's the big factor there. While Dell did score one last week, I think we don't expect that to happen this week. His projection is quite low. As I talked about with Chris Godwin, 0.35. Tank Dell is even lower at 0.32. Same issue for Marquise Brown. Volume should be there. Touchdowns seem a little bit unlikely at wide receiver 32. Only 0.29 in terms of a touchdown projection for Marquise Hollywood Brown. Robert Woods should be okay as well. You see all these Houston receivers inside the top 37 for DraftKings right now. So pretty solid numbers from all these guys. 
We know that CJ Stroud will spread it around. It's just who gets the ball this week. We don't really know because last week it was Tank Dell and Nico Collins didn't do so great and neither did Robert Woods. Sky Moore down at wide receiver 38. No real surprise there. Jahan Dotson 39. Josh Downs. People may be surprised to see Josh Downs so high. You know, it's not a crazy number. Three and a half receptions, 37 yards, 0.25 touchdown. He's been getting targets. He's been getting volume. He's going to be more than fine. And I think he could have a pretty good week this week up against the Rams. Someone's got to run those intermediate routes. And if it's not Michael Pittman, it's probably going to be Josh Downs. I think he can do that fairly well. If it's a deep league, I don't mind starting him. You got Devontae Parker behind him, Jaden Reed, Josh Reynolds, and finally, DJ Moore. I mean, my goodness. DJ Moore, how the mighty have fallen. Now, he doesn't have a touchdown number right now. Let's just be generous to old DJ Moore. I'll give him half a touchdown. See how high he can climb these rankings because it just it just feels disrespectful. I like DJ Moore, but even with half a touchdown, wide receiver 27 with Nico Collins, I mean, it's just you don't know what to expect with this offense right now in Chicago. Everyone wants DJ Moore to get the ball. They want him to be a thing, but whether it's the offense whether it's Fields, we don't really know, but it's just, it doesn't project out very well for DJ Moore this week for fantasy. He should probably be a little bit lower in terms of touchdowns because you have a guy like Chris Godwin at 0.35, McLaurin 0.4, Collins 0.44. With how this offense is operating, I'd be really shocked if we saw an anytime touchdown anywhere near that projection for DJ Moore, but I'm being generous. So he's probably close to, you know, wide receiver 30. You'd probably start Jordan Addison over him. Probably start Tank Dell over him. Maybe start Marquise Hollywood-Brown over him. Maybe Cortland Sutton? Uh, that feels kind of gross, but I mean, I couldn't blame you if you did. DJ Moore has been god-awful in the games that he hasn't scored in. I mean, he did have 100 yards, but that was kind of in garbage time. Then he scored a touchdown last week, and that was definitely in garbage time. So maybe he's just the garbage man. Maybe he's like... This is almost like when Blake Bortles was a QB1 and Allen Robinson like went off and half the time the Jaguars were getting blown out and it was just in garbage time. This is kind of what DJ Moore is now. He's like Allen Robinson when he had his best season and was just like the garbage god, him and old Blake Bortles down in Jacksonville. Uh, further down the board, I'm not seeing a whole lot that I like. KJ Osborne is kind of low for my liking, but he hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, he only caught one pass last week for a touchdown. Zay Flowers is a player that we are looking for. I don't have reception numbers for him right now. I'd imagine his would come in probably pretty high, somewhere around four and a half or so. So let's give him a projection for receptions and see where it puts him. Uh, You know, similar range. Wide receiver 26 right behind Terry McLaurin. So the big thing for Flowers is a similar situation to Godwin. As I mentioned to Tank Dale, Hollywood just has a very low chance of scoring a touchdown. I uh, really like Lamar this week. So do the books, as I mentioned when I talked about the quarterbacks. But Zay Flowers doesn't have a great shot of scoring a touchdown, and the books are kind of reflecting that, and that's what we're seeing. So he does fall a little bit lower in the projections, probably, you know, in the back-end 20s, maybe early 30s for Zay Flowers, where we should look at him. And then, oh my, this just pains me. Drake London, I mean, what does what this guy got to do? I mean, surprisingly, he does have a 46-yard um, projection in terms of receiving yards, but .40 touchdowns, you know, you give him the receptions that probably, ugh, Three and a half is probably what his number would be. Little over that, juice to the over three and a half. He's probably similar to what we see from Christian Watson, 
Gabe Davis, actually probably a little bit lower than that. So you're looking more the Brandon Cooks range. 3.68 receptions, 44 yards, 0.42 touchdowns, wide receiver 30 right now. Drake London, I mean, <laughs> we don't know what the hell to expect. Desmond Ritter's just terrible. Um, don't know what to do with him. DK Metcalf, we're waiting on a few numbers for him, but he does have a great receiving yard number. Um, he's all the way up at 64 receiving yards, but no touchdown for DK. No receiving yards. He'd probably fall somewhere in the range of, let's say, T. Higgins. T. Higgins, 4.82 receptions, 62 yards, half a touchdown. I could see DK falling in that same spot right around wide receiver 15, 16. You can start DK pretty confidently, confidently this week. Really like me some DK Metcalf. Is there anyone else? Not really that I'm seeing. Metcalf is really the, the big outlier here because he's got no reception prop and no touchdown prop. But in terms of yardage, I mean, he's got to be pretty high up there. He's been getting a ton of yardage. He's been playing quite well. Yeah, you look at him and you have him. Yeah, I mean, the, in terms of him for just receiving yards, he's right around CeeDee Lamb, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper. Then you have Metcalf, Pittman, Waddle, Higgins, Devonta Smith, Mike Evans. So pretty good company there. And when you get the other numbers, he'll be a little bit lower on receptions, but could have a pretty good odds of scoring a touchdown. So let's talk tight ends. We have Travis Kelsey, of course, at number one. The Swifties will love that. TJ Hawkinson at number two, Evan Ingram at tight end three, Sam Laporta at tight end four, Mark Andrews at tight end five. We have Tyler Higby at six, Dallas Goddard at seven, Luke Musgrave at eight, Kyle Pitts at nine, and Hunter Henry round out the top 10. Now, some guys who are a little bit further down the list that you might be considering starting, Jawan Johnson, who's been pretty god-awful to start the year, tight end 21. David Njoku, tight end 16, so not bad. Chiggy, tight end 14. Kincaid, tight end 13. But one of the better chances to score a touchdown for Kincaid. You know, you talk about the rankings for just strictly touchdowns, and Kincaid is right near the top. He is tied with Sam Laporta and Mark Andrews right now in terms of odds to score a touchdown. So definitely something you want to consider when you're looking at tight ends. Some of these guys are very touchdown dependent, and Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox have some of the best projections in terms of scoring a touchdown. But outside of that, I mean, nothing's really surprised anybody. Kyle Pitts in London. Maybe that can uh, be our saving grace. Kyle Pitts in London, pretty good. Maybe he can do it again this season. Hunter Henry just going to do what he does and be like, okay. Luke Musgrave hopefully can have a great week this week. He had a great projection because he's playing the Lions, and the Lions are god-awful against tight ends. Sam Laporta should be fine against Green Bay. He's been seeing a ton of volume. I like Andrews against Cleveland. I think that's going to be one of the ways they do exploit this defense. They're so great on the outside. They have to find ways to get Andrews involved, and I think that's the best way to exploit the defense is with a great tight end. So I expect Zay Flowers to do a lot of damage in the middle along with Mark Andrews using that big frame to really make plays over the middle. That's going to be one of their keys to success for me in this Baltimore versus Cleveland matchup. Evan Ingram, I think, is probably the most surprising. You know, to see him all the way up at tight end three is very high. But up against Atlanta, Atlanta has been giving up to the tight ends a little bit. He has one of the higher projections in terms of receptions and yards, 5.01 and 46.97. Lower chance for a touchdown at .35, but overall still a very good spot for Evan Ingram. Those are kind of your only real surprises. Ingram is very high on the list. Laporta very high. Musgrave, but that won't really matter because of Thursday Night Football. Not too scared off by Kyle Pitts. And everyone else is going to be just fine. Um, they're still saying you can play Kate Auden, even though he stunk it up last week. 
Dalton Kincaid could have some upside. Dawson Knox in terms of just looking at touchdowns. And then Pat Fryermuth as well. 0.4 touchdown projection. Don't have receptions for him, so he's a little bit further down the rankings. But 34 yards, 0.4 touchdown. Definitely in the running as a tight end star. But I think everyone's starting Fryermuth probably anyways. So nothing really crazy there. And then the other guy that actually has a decent number, surprisingly, is Kylan Granson. 0.29 touchdowns. And pretty far down the rankings. I don't think anyone's starting Kylan Granson, but if you can, the books seem to think he's got a pretty good shot of scoring a touchdown, very similar to that of Hayden Hurst, Dalton Schultz, David Njoku, which I don't think people would suspect when they're talking about Kylan Granson. So I hope you guys took some stuff away today. I hope this kind of repairs you for your matchups for week four. I'm so excited for this slate. I think there's a ton of great games. Make sure you tap into Wake Up, whether you're listening to this before the show or after. Check it out on YouTube. Check it out on the podcast feed. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out DestinationDevy.com because there is so much great content coming out each and every single day by all of our creators. They've done a phenomenal job, and I cannot be more proud of all of them. But that's it. If you want the full chart, I will put it in the description of the show. I'll make sure it's fully accessible to you guys so you can see it. I can talk about it more in the Discord, so feel free to ask me questions. Of course, you have to be a Patreon member. Patreon.com forward slash all gas to talk to me about this information. I will also update it. So it will be updated throughout the weekend, and I'll probably update it two or three, four. I don't know how many times I'll do it, but I'll definitely do it before Sunday. I will be bringing Jordan Vanek back for week five. And we'll be talking about everything we've seen through the first month of the NFL season. Good luck this week, y'all. And I'll see you guys next time. I'm out. Peace. San Francisco, where's your disco?